0: This podcast is brought to you by nbs.fm, the No Bullshit Podcast Network.
1: Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of the Startup Diary. Today, you are gonna hear another conversation that we've had during one of our live streams over in the network. If you are not part of the network, then you can head over to nbs.fm forward slash network to find out more. But essentially, it's a way of supporting the show and you get access to exclusive content like the live streams, book clubs, private Slack channels and more. In the live stream you're going to hear today, it was a brief conversation that Adam and myself were having and then we were pleasantly visited by a Mr. Stephen May who is a member of the network. What you're going to hear today is an edited version of the live stream that happened last week. If you want to hear the full conversation and get every live stream that we do as well as the book club and all the other cool exclusive content that we do, head over to the network. That's mbs.fm forward slash network. It's a five or a month. You support the show. We appreciate you and you get access to all these exclusive goodies for now please enjoy this conversation with adam myself and mr stephen may why don't you tell the lovely viewers what's been going on um because a lot's been going on we uh we were we missed monday's show we got last week's show we missed this monday's why
0: uh yeah, so I guess where I'm at right now, um, and for for Allison and Stephen, not while you're driving, but we can have a chat when you get here. Please just jump in and... Siri
1: has been supporting Steve. I, I noticed know. that.
0: <laughs> um Yeah, we missed the show and um we're going through like a really interesting transition through the business right now. Um and there's so many things I'm looking forward to unpacking on the podcast. Uh, I guess when Harry said, Oh, we've got to jump on the the mics, let's do a show. And you actually mentioned it at the back end of one of the previous shows. You were like, Adam, I try and come on and like drop big things all the time. Value, you try and give value. And weirdly, there's some big things going on in the business, but I haven't really, like, I'm struggling to like define it and quantify it myself right now. Mm which makes it really difficult to talk about. It's not that I can't talk about it or won't talk about it. I'll share everything, you know me, but it's more of a, I, I get, feel like I won't be able to communicate what's going on in my head. Cause I'm still
1: processing it myself. I guess because you're in the thick of it, right? Yeah. I, and, I can't like, see that right, right, right now. Through it's through like, here's where I'm at, but I can't tell you what I've learned because I'm learning.
0: Yeah. And not even like what I've learned is in trying to get to the end of the journey. I can't even tell you what I'm, what I'm learning as I go, because I'm still like so baby steps into the process. And really, the, I guess the best way to summarize it is we've, we've built our business over the last seven years, built a community, 20, 25, 23% of our revenue come from some subs- subscription-based revenue from our trades. So meaning circa 80% of our revenue has come from brand partnerships. And when everything hit with lockdown, We accelerated our product roadmap um, by about 18 months. So we're going through a really fast transition now in the business, going from a marketing agency, really a marketing agency for the construction industry, through to an online merchant. And it's great and exciting because we've got tool talk. We've got the quoting and invoicing data. We've got real good technology to give us an unfair Mm -hmm. advantage. But I feel like my feet aren't on the ground at any point. I feel like I'm not grounded. I feel like um, I'm coming in and it's, I guess it kind of feels like a startup again, which is so fun, but Mm. just much bigger stakes. uh, And it's like, and bigger timeframes. So before I'd come in and I could get a deal done and press hard and get results. Now there's a team and there's an engine and there's a process. Um, I guess I'm personally just navigating bigger timeframes and bigger bets, which is creating more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. And I like to come on the podcast with at least maybe not answers. I like to have answers or at least insight, but I don't Some really takeaways have any ways that
1: you can share. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's because normally our feedback loops, like one, two, three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. I think I said to you earlier, like the feedback loop for what we're working on now is like 90 days. And that's not an OKR perspective. It's just how long this beast is going to take to get operational.
1: And knowing you, Anything past a week is, is an eternity.
0: <laughs> it's on, it's weird. It's honestly like painful. Like it's just it gets to the point that it becomes demotivating. And it's not I and then I have to sense check myself. It's like things are okay. Well, I also I also think just to be really transparent, I think we are we're gonna have this transition period of saying no to this marketing revenue and trying to clean up how we communicate who we are and what we do to the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, that itself is a full show worth unpacking in the near future and the problems that's created. Um, I guess just doing that is just ca- causing some interesting problems in the business right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say something about you, the, the timing that's similar, like right to to a lot of things that are over a long period of time. Like for example, you're trying to lose some weight. We've all tried to lose weight in the past, but like you have, you have a salad or something. You're like, Oh, I've done, I've eaten like, I've eaten clean for like two days and I'm feel like I'm exactly where I am. Although, you know, really those steps are going in the right direction, Mm -hmm. but the finish line is so far away. It's like how using that analogy, how, how do you get the little wins on the journey along the journey so that you don't go, crazy in the next 30 days let alone 60 or 90
0: that's an awesome question and i think if i had the answer to that i'd be a lot more sane right Mm -hmm. now i think i'd like when i said i don't feel my feet are on the ground i kind of feel like i'm just trying to answer that it's like okay i know where i'm trying to get to on a 90 100 300 day period whatever that that time frame looks like Right now, like what are the micro wins I can get? And that's weirdly something that I was doing today. Is and it, here's an example. Um, and guys, please jump in and comment wherever you want to, or um, if you just want to participate and listen, awesome as well. Um, we're in the process of cleansing a lot of data. So we're trying to create like a unique data set in the construction industry, which is um, detail orientated slow, and painful. Just facts. Mm-hmm. Some people love data. I ate it. I hate the details. Um, and then Sam Martin, our team, is, is doing some fantastic work. He, he's really good with spreadsheets. Yeah. And then I started to load up some spreadsheets and work on some stuff today. And I had to like hold myself back because I'm like, hold on, I could just go and we've got like six or seven brands we need to clean the data for and load it in. I'm like, I could just go and do this now myself. But the problem is, is I'm always going to be the bottleneck in the business then.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's, it's now of like, hold on, this is a full time job. I need to hire someone for this. So then I'm like, oh, I need to build the process up, then hire someone, then onboard them. And it's like, or I could just do it myself. But the problem is, is that, that short-term, long-term benefit. And I'm like, we've got to think longer term, otherwise we end up with the problems that we've had in the past in the business. Whereas like, we, we just do the task instead of building the process. So that's like the ongoing battle for me right now. And to pull back to your question of like, what's the micro win? I was like, well, if I can get the job posting up by midday, micro win. Um, so I did that. Um, if I, oh, sorry, it was actually define the job posting by midday. I can get the job posting up by close of play today, did that, got some applications through. So now I'm like saying, okay, when I come in tomorrow, let's define some like end of week, two week, four week goals of just little milestones that get us to where we're trying to get to. That's the stuff I'm trying to do right now because it's, it's just getting frustrating.
1: Maybe if you put these things on a Monday board and had pulses that you could tick off.
0: Maybe, that'd be great. And you ha-
1: then you add like a, because you could use like a, what do they call it? A dashboard, I think it is, where it's like a, a battery and it shows you progress out of 100. Maybe. Don't know. Maybe. Just, I'm trying to think what would make my brain feel satisfied with something that's a very slow process, but seeing like a percentage tick up or... Something.
0: Some gamification. it.
1: Yeah. I, I
0: also think... Um, I don't know if this is a positive or a negative, I also think that for the first time ever in the business, I could take a week out and nothing would fall over. And when you say that, it sounds like a positive. So I could literally just go on holiday for a week and everything would keep running for the next week, which is awesome. That's, that's a good thing. Really positive. Never been able to do that before. Seven months ago was not the case. We had clients, we had projects, we had marketing activities, we had all this crap going on. Um, now we've streamlined the whole business and the activities. And I think it's because nothing I'm working on today is giving me direct results that I could... I can, ease it down but i know logically that any downtime or any slack i give myself now i'm going to feel the pain for in three months six months nine months and i'll wish i so i'm trying to make sure that i'm doing the right work now ready for that future version of the
1: business but i'm always second guessing what the right work is alison has just made a few comments she says uh, isn't it a micro win in itself that recognizing that you are the bottleneck and stopping yourself from fighting the fires uh, that shows your growth as a business owner rather than a firefighter.
0: So just, just on, just on that um, awesome comment. awesome really appreciate it. Uh, and I think you're right as well. I honestly do. I think this is sort of like a transition stage for the business and me. Um, uh, and from a, like, I guess here's where I'm at as well. I'm about to start my my coaching diploma in like three Mm -hmm. weeks time. I really think that's going to be beneficial for me um, because like to Alison's point, that's like her comment there is a very coaching uh, style comment. It's just like a take a step back and observe the actions and and take the positives away. Like, yeah. And I think I'm hopefully going to learn the coaching for me is uh, one because I want to do coaching in the future, but it's also about a CEO element. So yeah. um, Great comment. I think you're right as well.
1: Uh, and then she says, uh, taking a week off and, and it not falling over is a great win. There's, there's no way you could have done that before. Your phone would have been ringing off the hook. Yeah. So it, like, it's progress, right? Yeah. I, I just, uh, but I, it's I, not the gold medal. No, no. I don't.
0: <laughs> I'll don't. i be honest, mate. I think the thing I'm worried about is it is progress, but I don't know whether I like it. <laughs> you know and That's me being really honest. There is 100% progress. I just don't know whether I like it. I just don't, I, I like, mm. I like the, I'm a salesman at heart, man. I like results, I like to do this thing, and then you start second guessing yourself all the time, which is no fun,
1: Yeah,
0: which is just no fun, so I, that's the stuff that I'm like, personally battling with right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, you need to like, kind of engineer, not, not re-engineer the business, but like, if if well, the business
0: the, is re-engineering itself but if the a, if I the business is
1: moving to a situation where it's becoming more in air quotes self-sustaining without you having to have your your hands in the, in it all day every day mm-hmm. then you can in theory scratch that itch by some external project or a new arm of the business that's fresh and exciting or wherever and however you achieve it Do you know what i mean Okay. And, and no, and then, I, no, so I completely get it because that's sort of like what Ben Francis over at Gymshark did um, where
0: like he ended up uh, moving down from CEO into product and then moving back up to CEO um, or taking a more active role um, I don't think he became CEO but he took a more active day-to-day role but here's the, here's the thing is like just because I don't enjoy it doesn't mean it's not what I want to do mm-hmm. so like in my head I want to become a, a people-led HR-orientated coach-CEO and that's a transition. And I think if Sam was here now, he'd be like, "You've just got to be more fucking patient. Like this is a p- just be more patient." Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> say, be more like, patient. As if it's just like, <laughs> "Duh, it's, it's a patience thing." And for those of you that have been like long-time subscribers of the podcast, you might be thinking, Fuck, "Here he goes again." I get that, and that's because it, this sort of thing happens every nine to fifteen months because it's sort of like the levels in the business. And hey, I can't complain, staff's happy, business is moving forward, um, it's just new for me uh, and, I, and I ducked out the podcast because I didn't want to have this, co- I literally ducked out of recording because I didn't want to have this conversation on the show. I was <laughs> like, I, I, this is the conversation I was avoiding because I didn't want to put it on the mics but then this is probably the best thing for me is to speak it through with people that I, I trust and know me and um, yeah. Yeah. So, let, let's, move, let's move on. In it. I, I want to get an understanding of, like, I know you as a character, uh, and I know that nothing can hold you down. That's one thing okay, that I yep. know about you. Uh, so, talk to me about what, you're, what, what does your world look like now? What are wow. you working on?
2: So, firstly, I have to... I have massive, firstly, massively. massive
0: family? Like, I uh, I, didn't, I didn't ask that first
2: one. First one, my other half, who many of the community would know, is in the kind of super vulnerable group. We finally kind of managed to get out on a... Reasonably safe uh, routes, let's say, and go get her out of the house and get mm-hmm. her around, so she's fine. Good. But we're kind of we're at that point where she's in every one of the categories that are shielding. Uh, <laughs> she's in ticking <laughs> every <box. laughs> every the <single laughs> box, <laughs> um, and and she's yeah she's fine. Uh, back to school, you know the school run, the, yep. uh, yeah, the, the fun things in life that kind of make the last nine months feel kind of a bit surreal. Yeah. Uh, but also, you kind of realize, we realize more than anything that as we go back to the new norm, we've still got to act as if we're in shielding. Because, you know, everything... I know, I know that you guys have been reasonably well protected during the fact that you're the only two in the office and the whole yep. time. So coming in and kind of being in that, okay, I'm just about a meter and a bit away from you, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kind of trying to breathe in this direction, yep. and the, the hand gel at everything. Yeah, I'm just going to make sure I don't kind of bring anything home that shouldn't, because it will kill her. Quite yeah. simply, yep. she has no, she has no defence to be able to kind of protect herself against that. But there has to be some kind of normality, so it's it's truly it's, hard it's truly theory, it? scary. Yep. It truly is, because my daughter goes to a class, sits in a class that are this far apart, and the class is in a bubble. Yeah, but there are mm-hmm. twenty-eight kids who are seeing everybody. parents aren't you know yeah. <laughs> or yeah, exactly. may not be. So so it's, it's kind of a flip of a coin but also we'll do our best to avoid everything yeah. possible so okay yeah that oh, one good. yeah glad uh, from a from a 9 to 5 perspective at the moment i'm working and still got my the other business which is distributing consumer electronics we picked up a few kind of really exciting we we seek uh, early doors brands in consumer electronics smart home and connected technology mm-hmm. uh, for the consumer market and we picked up a couple of probably Six or seven brands have been really successful very quickly. Some at the beginning of lockdown were stratospheric. <laughs> so um, you'd know Peloton. That's really interesting. <laughs> so, 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 uh, so I
0: was in Peloton's store in. Oh. Uh, in
2: uh, do they have a premium subscription service that you're gonna? Probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they do now. Well, we? We
0: were at Spitalfields Market. Oh, every cool. Weekend, and they've got a Peloton there. So we get a conservatory built on the back of the house,
2: and, oh, and putting okay. Peloton in there. Right. So we have Peloton's <laughs> competitive brand, which is called Echelon, which essentially is the same kit: connected spin bikes, that sort of stuff, rowing yep. um, machines, even a mirror for yoga. Nice. Which is like it monitors your movement, pretty, yeah. like, pretty much like a Connect. Uh, we did two let, and me a half. Un-
0: let me just unpack that for a second. Mm-hmm. When you say like you seek these brands out. How, what does that process look like? Is it because you've got a reputation? People come, like, What does that actually mean on a day-to-day yeah, part, basis?
2: Part of, part of the, the guys that I worked with back in my monster cable days and Beats headphones and mm-hmm. that kind of that gang, yep. they were kind of what, what mean, 20, 26 of the team who went and deployed in countries around the world and kind of taught all the people how to attach cables with TVs and that sort of stuff. 20 years later, they are all dispersed they're in different places and people pop up hey hey Stephen we're, do- we're doing this uh, it's a little startup or it's kind of grown really quickly or it's massive in Singapore and uh, in Asia or mm-hmm. something like that and they'll kind of flag a brand and you're like okay and you go and have a look at it and then you look at where it could be deployed in UK and Ireland with the customer base that we service already okay. so the business is the largest consumer electronics distributor in Ireland. So it's north of 20 million. Okay, um, And it's everything from, we distribute Garmin, Fitbit, Ring, Google
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: in Ireland. And then some of those brands we can then distribute into the UK.
0: So uh, let, let me just, just so I understand it, um, Neil, Monument Neil. Mm-hmm. So what he does, and that, tell me if it's similar, he has relationships in three or four countries in the world and UK brands that are trying to get into those countries speak to Neil. And then he helps get set distribution up. Do you yeah, do that kind of basically like that. for the UK? It's kind of like just for my yeah. simple. Okay.
2: And then, and then we also can then feed those brands into people that we know do a really good job in other countries. Okay. So they may be working in a brand or a distributor here, may come to the UK with one of their brands and say, hey, can you help them out here? And then we may have a brand that we push over there. So it's kind of like a, just ne- a network connection. Just be a nosey now.
0: Commercial? How does that, would you, is it like a uh, a commission or a revenue share on UK? Like, how does that work?
2: Um, distributor um, distributes for product at a margin. Yep. So there's a set margin. Then distributing out of Ireland into the UK may work on a commission, may work on a salary, may work, it just depends on the brand. Okay. So they can. There are different ways of dicing and slicing. Okay. Uh, but the but the product proposition is to find a rapidly accelerating brand. That can fit into the marketplace, mm-hmm. and that has the capability or desire to grow rapidly, and to or support both, and to support retail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, okay. So it may be so. For example, Echelon as a as a product is a uh, spin bike connected fitness equipment. It's really difficult to sell that in retail mm-hmm. unless you've got a destination store or a type of store that you want to go to. So would you go and buy a connected spin bike in JD Sports or Sports Direct? Or we have to look at where would you go and buy it. Mm-hmm. So let's go talk to the Dixon's Currys buyer mm-hmm. and let's see whether these guys want to actually do connected equipment as well as smart home equipment in that grouping. Yes, then it's not just selling the product, you're actually trying to get a new product
0: category in somewhere like that.
2: Ah, great one. Imagine you're Tesla. Yep. Okay. So you've got a charging cable at home. <laughs> yeah, which someone could steal at any point, so realize I, <laughs> uh,
0: I just leave it plugged <laughs> into the wall, John, by the way, today you're watching.
2: <laughs> so uh, take Tesla for example. Um we just signed a deal with blaupunkt uh, the world's number one car accessory brand, for their EV charging cables. Okay. And they're Quite charging and they're charging points. Okay but where would they be sold? So for everyone's first destination is, Hey, Halfords, uh, kind of like that's yeah, when, logical. What,
0: that's what, When you said retail, I was like, that's what's confusing. So I can imagine a lot of these, these brands
2: best live solely online. Well, um, COVID has changed the market so much. Yeah. So first place to list the cables in the UK was Curry's online. Okay because a cable for a car doesn't really have a destination point at the moment. Mm -hmm. So it's a case of who's going to be there first, who's going to be in the impulse category quickest with the largest amount of consumers to get some revenue churn Mm -hmm. on that product to justify its existence. So the objective for most retailers, one per store per week. Okay. That's a, that's the level playing field. That's where you aim for. You can suddenly be one per month and, still maintain your listing and then Mm -hmm. gradually it increases, but with the proliferation of electric cars and the conversion from internal combustion across to the, across to electric, it's going from a zero start point. Mm -hmm. So you've got what will be a rapid acceleration, but it's government led. So that's an interesting piece. Place the product before there's the demand, put the supply and the demand curves across and then you're in the win position in the middle.
0: Uh, Yeah. Um, yeah, on the basis that, I guess, government legislation and things like that continue to give the push it needs, and otherwise you'll have
2: yeah. So if you then look at somewhere like Norway, which in uh, – John will correct me for this piece of information, but I'm sure, <laughs> it, I'm sure I've, I've got it right, right there, here. Really really. John. <laughs> um, but the um, Norway sales uh, breached 50% in February this year. So 50% of all car registrations in Norway were electric. Wow. Hybrid or all electric? No, all electric. Oh wow! Electric cars. Okay. Um, and and that showed us that whatever they've implemented, however long it took, is our a is our crossover point. Yeah. Okay. Point. They've done the work for and, okay, That makes sense. And and therefore, if the government in the UK kind of twists the industry in some way mm-hmm. to driving that, we've got to make sure the product's placed in the right retailers or in the right places you go to mm. seek that product. Mm-hmm outside of picking the phone just as an example every aa van in the uk has an electric cable charge uh, electric cable lead inside they have to replace it replace it every three months because they cannot go to a broken down run out of power car with a non-performing cable or broken cable oh wow okay so that's just one market that no one sees Look at uh, Parcel Force, who are in the process of running a trial to change the different um, in some of the depots to start to deploy electric vehicles in those depots to see whether they can now manage the Parcel mm-hmm. Force deliveries through electric delivery vehicles. There's a, there's the biggest, sorry, the third largest localized delivery service in the UK that have already started to flick the, the
0: switch.
2: Yeah. Uh, and it's about putting the right products in the right places at the right time or a little early. So how much time do you spend on that compared to... 24-7 again. <laughs> and I'll,
0: I'll, I'll, it's, a, it's a question I will ask. The T-shirt you're wearing. <laughs> yes. Talk yeah. to me about this.
2: <laughs> so this was a, uh, an interesting one that came to me. Um, for- I'm sorry, before we get into that go. question... Yeah.
0: I answer that question. If any of you guys have any questions for Stephen, please throw them in the comments and then Harry will just jump in at the end and, and wrap mm-hmm. everything up.
2: <laughs> um, we came across in February, end of January, um, a two-seater electric bike um, that could carry 180 kilos, so two 14 stone guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, up to 140 kilometers, which is 86 miles, and it I looked Swap it for my Tesla. It looked like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only um, doing
0: like 16 miles a day.
2: Yeah, it, it looked like something. Um, St- if Steve McQueen was going to escape today, okay. he'd escape on one of these. It All was right. super. It looked really cool. And how like, did just how did you discover that? Um, I didn't. My the team that I worked with. Turn that with back did. on, Steve. So it's just it's not the batch. It it. There we go. Okay. Um, the team that I worked with discovered it in the okay. beginning. Um, and then I discovered that some of the people that worked there were people that I knew from a, a different network. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah, we kind of came across it, saw it, was like, okay, this looks really good. Can you organize getting me a sample product? So the guy's like, yeah, we'll ship you over. And that took a couple of weeks. Um, they were march startup they've deployed four thousand bikes the bikes retail at two thousand three hundred, um but make a 45 point margin for a retailer which is a big chunky piece um so (laughs) harry we're going to the bike business (laughs) (laughs) and then and then from there it was um a case of seeing what they were doing during lockdown but we couldn't move literally there's nothing doing and then two weeks ago they sent me a sample bike um, Put it together and this is how early startup they were and everyone can relate to this there were no instructions <laughs> like literally <laughs> they'd, they'd have bikes going into Amsterdam they'd pre-delivery inspection for them mm-hmm. and they'd um they then deployed them all around Amsterdam so they didn't need an instruction man yep. and they just not got around to it so i put the bike together kind of started of taking photographs built up something to help them so these are the things you're missing um and then what are you doing in these areas target consumer demographic, all the stuff that you've talked about mm-hmm. extensively in the past on what you do in the beginning, how you do it and how you align it. And I just started sending them some mails out like LinkedIn, GDPR as stuffed I nearly said something else. Um, the ability to phone up a company and ask them who you should email because they won't give you the email address. Oh really? Imagine trying to cold call a business. Mm
0: never even thought about that, but we should, well, from a GDPR perspective, that they are allowed to give, are they? I don't know. That's a gray area, but I guess every gray area, everyone just says no
2: to no. now. No, no, no. Wow. Thank him above or him below for LinkedIn. Because <laughs> LinkedIn, LinkedIn enables you to okay. kind of have a go at reaching these people directly. Yeah. And if you've got a good enough 300-letter introduction, you're in. Yep. Um, if not, you can see that they viewed your profile and then you've got to try and guess what their email address is (laughs) and then hit that. There's a few great tools.
0: So just to connect the dots a little bit for me. So you've got this sample bike and then knowing your personality and I don't want to give you the answer that. I don't want to lead the witness here. Did you have any commercial deal in place with that before you started to reach out to people in the UK?
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, cool. So part of, part of what we did was we took on the distribution for UK and Ireland, signed agreements first. That's what took March to August.
0: And without going into the details there, because I'm trying to use this like an interview mm-hmm. here because there's a bunch of learning for me. When we look at expert trades as a business, a lot of the products in the UK right now, from a power tool and hand tool perspective, the market's saturated, the price has been beaten up. Whereas it's the products like Profit, which we've got a good relationship with, that are premium price products, great value, hasn't been destroyed in the UK. So we're looking at sourcing products out of the UK market, putting them into the expert trades marketing engine. And rather than doing the marketing for a brand and saying, hey, here's some pretty images, use them. Use them for us to drive sales for our own e-commerce engine. Yep. How how do you think about structuring a deal where you can make it, on paper, interesting enough for a brand to give you that exclusivity and that license okay, without so, any track sales? So so track record sales? The,
2: the input of the beginning is... Does the brand already have distribution in a country? Because if they do, you're going to fight with another distributor who's already holding stock, and they're going to sell it to get rid of it. Okay. Yeah. So if they first don't, check if yep. you're if you're the first to market to offer, yep. you're in a good position. If you've got because it's
0: brand new business, they're like there's no downside here for that brand.
2: Yeah, exactly. Okay. And and, and they and they're starting from a zero point, so anything you can deliver at any speed is great. Um, let me think. One. So we've just taken on the distribution of Philips Screenio projectors, so Philips projectors mm-hmm. for the UK. There's an incumbent distributor who holds stock of current products. So you you don't sign the contract until the new range is coming. And you know that they won't get it, and you will not have any legacy stock.
0: So they don't knacker the price in the market by trying. They to can flog go, it They can
2: they can go and flog it off what they like because yep. you've not got that product. Different skew, okay. Yeah. So makes you can sense. change the skew. Uh, you can do that with any brand if you if you go for their new premium product or their new range refresh. Mm-hmm. Or there's a there's a space in time where you can you can deploy that and be protected from both your side and help them. Yeah, makes sense. <clears throat> um, so when we when we look at a brand, we try and pick up the new to markets, mm-hmm. but the new to markets have some real um, real life challenges. I'll pick on one, which was: Do you remember the Looney Storyteller? Yeah. So I gave you gave you one. Of those.
0: We, we probably know uh, why we probably use it at least once a week.
2: Okay. The challenge for that. So this is a product that is like a radio and like an iPad, but you tell a children's story. It has no screen, and you select the character the type of story a secondary character and a place from memory yep we've sold seven of those products in the uk yet you use your product every day yeah oh, so, sorry once yeah, a
0: yeah. week yep. Once a week, and the experience with it was something that we, we've never been able to we've never through ipads through apps and everything we've had it created a really unique experience where i could cuddle up with my boy and have a story that was felt custom and he yep. he picked the story yep Tell me why you think it's only sold seven. Um, oh, have, I, have I shown you the product?
1: I think it, yeah, I've seen yeah. it. Yeah,
2: it's a little kind of teal, teal green, teal green teal. and yellow. Yeah, teal green. Yeah, I've
1: not. I've not um, experienced it though. It's
2: a story. It's a story book with no screen now
1: for me now. Yes, yeah. my favorite.
2: And and you can pick those up online. You can download them. There's hundreds. Oh, like, okay, D- Diz- Disney type stories and all that stuff. You Read the, the manual. manual. <laughs> <laughs> He That's
1: explained,
0: why explained don't make instructions because no one met, reads. We we met in a Starbucks and he explained
2: it to me and I just took it out of the box and threw the box away. <laughs> yeah, great product. Um, so we uh, um, yeah so we found that one. Uh, we think we then went and saw Selfridges to do a shopping shop it was like it's it's you've really you've got to it it's an experiential product. You can't sell it from the box. Uh-huh. You need to take it out and play. Can you and, meet, and you've met at Starbucks. Yeah. And then and not read the instructions, and, yeah. and part of that part of that journey for that product was it was new. It was a single product, single SKU. Yeah, they'd sold half a million units in France, a French company. Uh, they had English stories, but all the retailers were like, "Yeah, but it involves like you know, too much work." Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a from great, an
0: educate the consumer perspective. That is that the too for much a work?
2: retailer. Okay. Yeah. Um, then you've got to go and, okay, if you want to do it from a video perspective, you've got to create video content mm-hmm. and then you've got to spread or deploy your video content mm-hmm. into the marketplace to try and reach the consumer that doesn't know about the product. In a week and a half, I won the Good Toy Guide Award for the Audible category that it fitted into just before Christmas. But we were coming to market in November, we met, I think, beginning back beginning, beginning of November. Um, it must have, because I had a gingerbread latte that day, so I must have been there. Um, so, so that was... Um, Adam's had too many lattes.
0: It <laughs> all just merged together now.
2: Um, so that product came, came into the market in end of November, which meant that th- the buying for Christmas is done in January mm. from the industry. So we, we came too late with the product. Didn't meet the buying cycle. The next cycle came around, and there's a product called Tony's, uh, which is a cube where you put a Gruffalo on top, and then it tells you the story of the Gruffalo. Mm-hmm. There's no kind of same interaction with the product, but it's it's merchandising and licensing based, yeah. so it's always going to win, yeah, because kids see Gruffalo, you already yeah. know the Gruffalo, yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas this product is mm-hmm. just cute, cuddly, and comfortable. Yeah, I first time I saw it, I just fell in love with it because I used to listen to the radio, mm-hmm. and I kind of wish I didn't get involved out of my own feelings. Well, I think if I'd a- have stood back, I'd have gone, it has to be demonstrated. Toy shops don't do demos. That's why Toys R Us closed.
0: Or it has to be going under the same approach as the Gruffalo, as merchandise and license, and then it ends up on a shelf with all the other Fortnite products. Fortnite's for example for this product. It's just <laughs> top of my thing right now. But all of a sudden, if it becomes a horrid Henry story that sits on there and it's a licensed story, my kids would have gone wild for it. Like... But I guess that's a completely separate challenge for a distributor, sorry, a license holder. Yeah, li- a
2: license holder to a distributor. If you're a distributor, you just got to find a product, find a place to sell it, put the methodology in place to drive sell-through, and you're away, and you've got speed, you've got traction.
0: So there's, there's a number of things I want to try and just dig in here, and very selfishly just to understand this. Just to pull it back to the original, well, or you've, you've sort of started to unpack that question, is let's just take the the, the bikes example. Are they giving you, because it's new new territory, no no traction, no downside, and you have a track record that they get confident and say, you can have exclusive for a year, two years, three years?
2: A, a lot of it in the beginning is based on a... <laughs> both sides sit at a table and go, okay, what do you think the market is? Do you know how big the market is? What's the rapid acceleration? Just as an example, because of lockdown, gosh, I'm talking fast. Um, (laughs) Just because of lockdown, cycle sales are up 273% in the UK year on year. Mm -hmm. Electric bikes take 60% of the total revenue of bicycles in the UK already. Wow. And relatively, they're on a zero start. Yeah. I came as a person who was totally sceptical of e-bikes mm-hmm. like i was a full-time triathlete cyclist person yeah electric bike on a electric on a bike Get motor Get no way never do it i t- pressed the assist button pedaled got probably 50 yards and i was sold wow like totally sold okay and, so- to, ha- and to have something that you just go actually I used to be really fit. I'm not f- so fit now. <laughs> I've also got a bit of um, uh, lockdown lock lunch. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I try to keep reasonably fit, but I've still got a bit of lockdown lunch. Thanks for the guidance, Tommy. Um, and and part of that journey has been like realizing that that the market, the electric bike market, can go sideways and extend. Out to people who are older, Mm -hmm. who don't think they can any longer cycle or equally sit on a razor blade, Um, to the people who have gotten fit, know they can cycle, but have just not done it for so long and would like a little bit of assistance.
0: So, Sarah's stepdad, just as uh, a little anecdote, a guy called Kev, um, he wanted to get fit, wanted to cycle, and found it too difficult to get started and bought an e bike five weeks ago. Yep and is assisting and gradually coming off the assist as his fitness yep. Improves. Yep. Let me uh, I'm at risk of jumping about here because I've got a couple of things mm-hmm. in my head that i now. Um, so that, help, that helps me understand how you get the confidence from a licensing agreement. Going back to uh, the loony, um seven-unit sales. As a license holder, what do you then do? Here's where I'd struggle. Is I would then throw all my resource, trying to put out this fire, for what might be a very small
1: product. In my walk own. away. You, you walk away. Walk away.
2: Yep, walk away. Just go. How do you become emotional about that?
1: And how, and how
2: do you deal with so, the erosion? Sorry,
1: does that, does that mean then that it's no
2: longer being stocked anyway? No, we still stock the units that we bought in advance, but yeah, okay. we made sure you put a clause in of effectively a sale or return agreement yeah. because you start with a product that you're, you're going to gamble on. Yep. You're, you're gambling your time, money, and resource to try and generate a turnover. It's an investment, but there comes a point where you have to go, I can see the constraints of this product. You sit with a buyer and the buyer says, 145, 49 pounds. It's kind of 50 quid overpriced. And you're like, okay, I hear you. How much can we re- reduce our margins? How much we can go back to the supplier and push them? Where's the continue? Once you sell one of these products, to a consumer, where's the next piece of revenue with that consumer? Oh, the competitor, they have all these licenses. But with your product, you buy this online and you get the money. Ah, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. You're just Catching. using
0: the, the retailer, I'm just acquiring customers for your business. Yep. I've got no LTV here.
2: Do you, remember, um, do you remember, you guys probably aren't old enough to remember the Sky model in the beginning. So you used to go and buy Sky TV from Currys and Comet back in the day, and John Lewis and Powerhouse and wherever else. They got the revenue when you renewed your subscription. Who John Lewis
0: did? Yeah. Oh wow, good for them. Yeah. So they got a share of only for, only systems. for
2: about five years until Sky went. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yeah, okay. And and cut so that just off. Use its pure acquisition channel. Yep.
2: Bang and rap, that was the investment. That was the investment model. Yep. 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 <laughs> hey, hey, no, so more. yeah, so all of that was about bringing it, bringing these pieces together, so you can see the retailer at some point goes mm, not not sure I can get involved in this, put the time, money, and effort in. Yep. And then you have to look very quickly at that and go, okay, we've done three to six months' worth of investment time, making the phone calls, reaching out to people, connecting, mm-hmm. show, tell, demo, and give them the feedback of, if you want to be successful in this, this is what you need to do.
0: I guess that that's one thing that I want to just dig into is how much of your role as the license holder is... So imagine you're here, brand is here, UK market is here. Right now as a license holder, you're going in trying to find retailers to sell the products. How much of the relationship is actually going back to the brand and educate them on the 100%. UK market? Okay, I'll explain the reason but, why I asked the question yeah. then you might be able to help me yeah. unpack it. Is one of our largest brands and clients is a company called Weha Tools. Uh, and a lot of the assets and marketing that they do, They're very big in Germany. Okay. In the UK, but it's very Germanic marketing and it just doesn't land in the UK. And when we were going through the cycle of actually loading our e-commerce site, we actually went back to them and said, we need to rebuild all your assets to do a really good job here. Uh, And I only did that because we've got a really strong relationship with the brand. And as I'm now having this conversation, the reason I'm getting so excited by this right now is while you were driving over here, I was explaining to the community of like some of the challenges that I'm facing. And I'm like, hold on, like, I can just spend my time going and looking for products that are overseas, not in the UK market, and deploy our sales engine on that while Sam in the community and in our company now can focus on UK product and brand building. So to pull it back to the question is how much of that role do you do of into retail seed in the UK and then feed to brand who doesn't understand the UK market? And I guess we am trying to understand what that relationship looks like.
2: That's an that's a ongoing – so if I, if I flipped my phone over and looked at my phone today, there are probably 20 calls between me and either the brand or the brand's marketing representative for today, Okay, just based on – just as an example. So uh, this morning I had a uh, digital media creator and a videographer from Milton Keynes, where I live, I happened to be riding the bike. I rode past this couple. They said, hey, that's really cool. Turn around. I turned around. That was them. Oh, we'd love to make a video. For, it'd be great for our portfolio. Saw some of their work on Vimeo. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does, does some super, Done some su- really super cool stuff. Um, and love to. Yep. I'll loan you my bike for a week or however long you need to do the shoot. Be brilliant. We can then feed it back to the brand, and if the brand think it's really good, they might like start working with you. Yeah, uh, that happened year, yesterday. Uh, Tuesday. That was Sunday when I was out riding. Um, then, so they they said they wanted to do something. They named a location. Um, around Milton Keynes in the woods, which was kind of a bit odd because they said it's got some good backdrops and mm-hmm. kind of over the woods. I suddenly thought, oh, I'd seen a really cool... They've got some mountain bike rides in there. And I remember that I met, weirdly, a guy that came to buy my house, <laughs> never bought it, yeah. came to buy my house, who <laughs> was a, a Red Bull um, rider, a Red Bull-sponsored oh, wow. rider on okay. uh, mountain bikes. So I'd kept his telephone number, reached out to him. He's tied into a traditional bike company license mm-hmm. uh, as a sponsored athlete but he's a red Bull guy so i said can you do something in electric bikes he said i'm only tied to mountain bikes with these guys so yes so next week the people that are doing the video are shooting the guy doing flips and stuff on this bike That's and crazy. yeah it's just great just like <laughs> would never have known unless i connected with these people um, so the reached out to the brand, told them about the video guy, told them about the Red Bull guy, had been into the Red Bull Racing, which is in Milton and Keynes, left the bike outside Red Bull Racing with a label on it for the licensing manager. I got a call to say, because I have my name and telephone number on the back, I got a call from the licensing manager from Red Bull of something that could be done. So that was you know, that's this week. But that's like keeping the brand informed. Yeah. Um, we signed, here's, here's one, you guys are not football fans, are you? Okay, so Game of two are yeah. <laughs> I seem to remember this conversation. <laughs> as well. So we've got um, uh, Virgil van Dijk, Van Alden from Liverpool, uh, who are mm-hmm. uh, premiership mm-hmm. winners mm-hmm. this year, uh, Jesse Lingard from Manchester United, and um, Donny van de Beek, who is the new sign from for Manchester United. Great are, deal for my new... Are all KNAP ambassadors already. Oh, wow. Yeah. So... so uh, There's something
0: sticking in my head now from a distributor license perspective and it's something that I can see me run into in the future. When you do this deal and you do all this legwork and you build up demand in the UK, how are you protected that they don't cut you out?
2: By a 12-month minimum running rolling contract.
0: A 12-month minimum rolling. So at any point on any day, they have to give you 12 months notice before they... That's comforting. Is that all you need personally to feel like the work? I guess you then so balance the work what, that you put in. Whatever, the you're, risk on the whatever you're
2: doing, you've got another peak worth of sales. Okay. Yeah? If, if you've done it for yeah, a year, okay. you know the curve looks like this, goes to Christmas, comes down, goes to Easter, goes down to summer, like that. Yeah. So you know you've got another one of those coming at, at full price
0: mm-hmm.
2: for the next year. So you can work out what your income is. Okay. So you've got historical, so plus you've got growth okay. So
0: then it's purely just a mass game view you to say, how much energy do I put into this for, the, for my remaining 12 months?
2: And what resources could you put into... So everything about me is sell more. Yep. <clears throat> so what can make a product sell more faster? Yep. So theory of constraints, time, money, people, time, mm-hmm. money, resource. What do you need to put in to get that acceleration? Is it video content? Is it go into an influencer. Let me just dig into that. If
0: you create <clears throat> video content for the UK market and you've done it off your own bat, do you own that? Or is that owned by the brand?
2: It depends how you want to do it. So okay. uh, hello to the guys in Holland. You're never going to see this video. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know someone will tell me they have done it. Um, but you you put the effort in knowing that if I do this, I'm going to get something back for it. So for example, I want a stock of giveaway bikes, yeah. or I want a stock of what we would call influencer purchase bikes, mm-hmm. so friends and family. I want to be able to buy them and then sell them for £1,500 instead of 2300 to people with an Instagram following of more than 100,000 people if mm-hmm. they want to buy them or if I don't want to keep on giving bikes away. Yeah, makes sense. Because the base cost of those must be, to the original purchase from the factory, mm-hmm. must be somewhere around £600. Okay. Somewhere around it. So in our
0: our world, that's the brand giving
2: marketing support. They don't know influencers. and They just give a marketing support based on volume of sales. But but the marketing support based on volume of sales is today's sale. So my question back to you is, have you got that as a percentage or a fixed number? Uh, We don't
0: have anything right now. I'm trying to understand how these things work because it's uh, fast becoming a... An opportunity and a concern for me at the same time. There's two specific brands that we're looking at right now. One of them's messy than the other, um, where we would like the UK license for them. So I just don't have to structure. So it.
2: if you if you go to them for a, you'll the, you'll have a um, top end margin, top mm-hmm. to bottom, of selling to your, uh, I say retail customer, mm-hmm. not as in consumer, but your trade retail customer. Yep. You'll then have a distributor margin that sat below that. And then underneath that, you'll have a marketing spend of X percent of mm. that cost. Why isn't it X percent of the top cost? better for me. Because you get more marketing fund to drive more. More all the way down.
0: Yeah, all the way through. Yeah, and the position of the is it can accelerate the top, from top of the funnel down compared to waiting for sales to then reinvest.
2: And the spend is three times more. And the spend is three times more. So, when you get your. Because you're taking your 5, 5% where, from the retail margin, 5% more of the, sales yeah. faster. And they're all contributing yep. to increasing the communication level. What do you
0: mean?
2: Um, there's a benefit for them. It's not just the brand's cost. Yeah, the, okay. If you, if you said the brand's cost of a product is, let's do the stack at 100, the brand's cost for making that product and distributing is 25, they give 20 for the to distribution and the rest goes to retail Yep. or that's the profit profit area. If you're drawing 5% from this figure, 5% from that figure and 5% from the bottom figure, Mm -hmm. everyone is participating in the sale with marketing. You're able to quantify that and go, we're doing this, 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 and this, Mm -hmm. and everyone's getting value from it. If you only have the bottom percentage, you've only got a small amount for which you're going to spread it very thinly. Yep without any real investment from those people to drive it. Makes sense. So just as an example, it uh, might be a bit odd, but there isn't a retailer in the UK that gets more than 9% from selling an iPhone. I can believe that, yeah. It's all back-end. Rebates. Yeah.
0: And that's so they don't destroy the price in the market. Control. Apple, Apple controls. control. Control.
2: Yeah, so, it's okay. As a, I think I said to Harry when he came to see me. Every every meeting I go to, I have a, <laughs> have my case, and in my case is a wooden rounders bat, and I have a conversation about pricing, which is my objection. Here is to make my retailer money, mm-hmm. because the retail products are the are the product sales for this price. I am the originator of this brand, mm-hmm. so nobody can sell the product unless they've got. A retail store. Mm-hmm. I won't go to an online seller. You can have a retail store. Another problem I'm
0: facing. Like and so, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah,
2: but but your but the challenge is how do you how do you control that market in a way in which gives profit to everybody mm-hmm. because the the market for the sale of the product is f- relatively fixed until you sell more. Mm-hmm. So, if a market for that product and you're starting with online retailers, well, do we stop supplying to all online-only retailers? No. Okay. So if you've got a network of local distribution, can that product be picked up from that local distributor or taken from the local distributor to the customer that's ordered the product online? So I help you, the retailer, to sell more Mm. and service the entire online category. Wow, that's such a simple idea. And And the brand has got, wow, would you come on board with this new brand if the brand was going to give you all the online sales in your area? No one's going to say no. no exactly. So we start with a bike brand. We put a website up. We host the dealers underneath. The customer can place an order with us directly. It like
0: seven years. Yes, yeah, it is. So when uh, in my original consulting days with a company called Bradstone, they were very scared of online, but they used to compete because they had a company called Simply Paving that was eating their lunch. And what, what I spent a year and a half doing is going around independent builders merchants and we build them a skinned website. And we'd also have a Bradstone online website. And whenever they bought a product, we wouldn't even let them see the retailer. Whenever they bought the product online, it'd be like, You're, it's, this is going to be fulfilled by... It's a
2: dropship order. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep.
0: A A&B builders merchants. Yep. So then we fed all the sales through.
2: Because every single retailer in the bicycle category is terrified of getting giving a space in their store like this wide yep. and, and that deep um, and stocking a product that they effectively can't sell because it's used. Mm-hmm. once it's out of the box. So you Talking about can't sell, like how do you, just go from a tangent. Demo discount.
0: No, um, I was going to ask, so one of the things that I, I experienced when I used to sell in store in a builder's merchant with key light roof windows is we sold the product when I was there to demo it, but when I wasn't there to demo it, we never sold anything because the counter staff, no matter how many times you try and tell them the features and benefits <laughs> of the product, when they ask for a velox they'd say, I'll give you a Velux. They make 15% more margin on our products, but they didn't take the time to learn to sell it. How do you get that across, especially with a new brand and you deal with new brands? How do you get internal staff to actually become advocates sell it for you when you're not there? Sell it yourself.
2: Teach, train, coach. Kind of teed you up for this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I can feel Harry winding yeah. me up from the back. To <laughs> <in> the, <laughs> the template, <see? laughs> yep. But you've got, to f- you've got to find every product has a piece of magic. Yep. It has a wow. It, everything has a wow, and and you've got to find the wow. And once you find the wow, you can then teach the wow. I'm going to be. I'm c- just looking at free free products I'm, in front of I'm, me. And we're like, okay, there's the wow. Well, there's the wow. Well, there's I'm the well.
0: going to be cynical now, and I'm, and it's purely from a selfish perspective of the world that we're operating in. Is the counter staff in in builders merchants specifically today? They uh the, the, They are nothing more than, why do I feel like he's teeing me up with something about to walk into a hole here. (laughs) They they largely do uh, customer service and not sales. I want this, I'll get this. They're not incentivized internally behind the counter to sell certain products. They don't see any of the upside by recommending your bike. How do you make someone give a shit, I guess is my
2: question. What's What's in in it it for me? me? What what is in it for the? So find a way. Find a way. I just did. I said to guys, first call I made was I need a friends and family cost for the product. All right, why? I said, I, I don't want a guy who works in a bike shop, having the owner of the bike shop, stopping him buying the bike at anything other than retail. I said, I want a friends and family cost. That's only going to go to officially influencers with more than a hundred thousand followers mm-hmm. or direct friends and family of a bike shop where he can sell the product and what's in it for the bike shop for selling that at that lower price. Placement, recognition, awareness view, pull through, awareness, yeah. pull through. Yeah, you, you can just read that along this. So um, go to a trade counter of a, of a um, uh, plumbing store, electrical, electrical store. Electrical, what's, the word what's the word I'm searching for? Merchant. Merchant, thank you. Um, <clears throat> so go to a merchant behind the counter. What's in it for them? How are they paid? How's the manager incentivized? So the count
0: staff, they used to be incentivized. They're now no longer incentivized. They're just salaried. They
2: are customer service. So service, okay. So what is the service element of the number one product that you've got in your, your portfolio of the best product that you could show a wow? Um, I'll, take a, I'll take a profit because I love
0: the product. Uh, if, if the customer service, if the person behind the counter got asked for a wholesale, they could in 30 seconds demonstrate how they're going to save that plumber two minutes every hole they cut. And when they're cutting 10 holes a day, it saves them a lot of time. The only thing that's in it for them is okay. building so, relationships. So, so, so pause
2: there. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. uh, resources, time, money, people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, time, money, resource. Um, <clears throat> theory of constraints. It saves them time, mm-hmm. which you just told me. Yep. What's missing? Money. How much? Well, they can get an extra
0: border service in a day because they've saved half an hour, so they'll make an extra 60 quid on the day.
2: Okay. And how many borders do they do a year? Let me flip it back on
0: you. That's great for the plumber buying it, but I need to get John behind the counter to, to actually give a shit, and there's no upside for him.
2: Okay. He'd rather so, just say,
0: not a problem, I'll get you what you asked for. Yep. And I need to change that perception.
2: So what is it, what is it that you can search to actively reach to touch it. So these bikes, okay? yep. <clears throat> demonstration sales. Okay. I've been on the road for two weeks sporadically, but probably done about 25, 35, 35 uh, ish uh, bike shops. Uh, loads of them were closed when I got there, which is interesting because it's just so busy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm doing all the servicing. But everyone I've been into and got the guy to come out the store and go up and down the bike, I go up and down on the, on the, on the bike and come back to the store arrives with the biggest grin on you can imagine like really like, wow, this is Mm -hmm. amazing. Okay. So I know I've got that guy. Now I take the picture of him on the bike with a ginormous smile and then ask him for his telephone number. I send him the picture of him on the bike and then ask him to show the boss and tell the boss attached to that picture of the bike is the spec details of the product. So he doesn't get it wrong. And the buying price and the selling price and the margin for the retailer. So my salesman becomes the guy who rode the bike. Okay. So if you take my profit approach,
0: <laughs> I might be missing a trick here, but I still don't see. That works for me in like a local, I've kind of got the image of a local independent merchant. Okay. So now because scale the it up. Staff care.
2: <clears throat> now scale it up. Who's the biggest customer for this particular product? The whole saw? Um, product yep. in the UK that could sell the product? <coughs> uh, Howlands And f- how many 450 sell? retail okay. stores. 450 retail stores and how many roughly per store per year does a, a wholesale sell?
0: Yeah, so now you're uncovering knowledge that I don't know and that might be the fault here mm-hmm. is I can't communicate what's in it for them because I don't, I'm not selling them on the, the opportunity. Size of the pie? Size I'm not, of the pie. I'm not yeah. telling them how big the size of the pie so, is. So, so I guess to your <clears> point, if I explain mm-hmm. the size of the pie well enough, up here they will drive the activity down for me because they're incentivized at the top
2: yes but that's only one of 5000 products in their in their warehouse mm-hmm. so you've got to find something that makes that becomes a wow rather than a feature benefit so every feature yeah, okay. has a benefit of time money or resource mm-hmm. you've got to find which one it is that's the most valuable and then pour it back into the product okay because if i was if i was thinking so for example <clears throat> When did we meet for the first meetup? Like two years ago? Yeah, January. January, two years ago. Um, I've had the same notebook. You do more work. <laughs> same looking <laughs> notebook, but there's a lot of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but I, but I, choose, I chose this originally because I like the look of it. Yep. It has, has an Islamic look, feel to it. It's gold, it's kind of shiny, it's a bit unique. It uh, becomes a talking point. I've used that and other people have bought these or similar ones from paperbacks. As a conversation starter mm-hmm. in a meeting, you have a car that does the same thing, mm-hmm. which is a conversation starter. You have lots of He's people. He's the one starting the conversation. <laughs> how, do you know by, how, how do you know who's got a Tesla? How do you know who's got Tesla? Because they've told you 10 times before yeah. you asked. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: Hold on. I'm not Jamie Fisher. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> Love a <joking> you, Jamie. <laughs>
2: But you've got to find a a wow in a product and you've got to find out how that can be a benefit to the, so you start with at the base level, your buyer, what is he KPI'd on? What is is he incentivized on? Is it the highest profit product in that category? Mm -hmm. Is it a profitable product? What is the standard margin that they take? What what can you do above the standard margin on that product? Mm -hmm. Or are you below it? Are you below it because you sell more? because more people demand it. You, like there's three or four different, different levers we can Just with. find the biggest one. Yeah, okay. Find the biggest one that you pull, and it's like, okay, we'll focus on that, and that should get us what we need in this category.
0: You know, just that little comment is so insightful for me. I spend too much time trying to work out how to pull each lever, one here, two there, three there. But to your point, just find the biggest one and focus on that. That, that helps me a lot with just my thinking. Mm. But if it doesn't lot,
2: work... Look for another Yeah, like they, in every product. There are multiple, multiple examples that, that might have a, so for example, with the bike, with the canap bike, one of the things is that it carries two people. It's the only one in the UK that carries two people. It's the only one that there are other bikes that can carry, but under section uh, 36 of the highway code, they're not designed for and therefore illegal. Okay, so you have to have a bike designed for, i.e., pegs, hand, all those mm-hmm. sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, they can then those other products can carry two people, but they can't carry two 14 stone people because the capacity of this is one hundred and eighty kilos. So, the opening statement is the Canap two seater, one hundred and forty kilometer range, one hundred and eighty kilo capacity e bike brackets, two times fourteen stone people. Suddenly, everyone goes. Wow, there's nothing like, mm-hmm. yeah. I haven't told them anything. They're telling me the yeah. proposition of the product. And the, and the first line is, if Steve McQueen were alive today, he would be escaping on one. That gets me my entire brand and product proposition in one line. But that took a week to come up with. It's like trying to find that. we have got another seven years, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it, it, it's like, you you have to, you have to, Pour the effort into something to to find the right language to communicate the the value benefit proposition. Yeah, and and that's it. Once I've said it, it's like if Steve McQueen were alive today, he'd be writing on the kind of next line is I've started writing the names of the footballers and discovered that no one in the cycling industry gives two beeps about football. Yeah, so okay, I need to find someone in Red Bull. Or I'm also talking to Quicksilver, Billabong, and Salt Rock about placing the product in their windows in their flagship stores. Just to give me the coolness. Yeah, okay. Just to get the impression. Whether or not I get through and get to sign it, I don't know. Gotta try. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm talking to them.